0: Hey, good morning. It's great to be together this morning, isn't it? My name's Simon. I'm one of the leaders here at Jubilee. And uh, welcome to Refugee Sunday as well. It's uh, Refugee Sunday. We have a number of uh, refugees in our Jubilee community. And uh, it's great to be able to celebrate with them as we begin Refugee Week in this nation. And uh, we're going to be praying around Refugee Week and uh, Refugee Sunday. Uh, tonight in our prayer meeting so do join us uh, from seven thirty on zoom and do you know what as a, as the grandson of someone who came to this nation looking for refuge uh, in a time of conflict uh, do you know what i 'm so grateful that uh, this nation uh, has uh, welcomed people who are fleeing persecution and war and, and extremely difficult circumstances um, And you'll remember that just a few weeks ago, I I emailed out about some families who had been moved to uh, Teesside um, just shortly uh, after lockdown began and that were needing help. And uh, you guys really rose the challenge uh, in terms of providing stuff for them, clothes and equipment and shoes and all sorts of stuff. Uh, So thank you so much. I'm still in contact with those families and others are as well. And um, it's just, they're just so grateful grateful for um, the provision that you guys have been able to make. So thank you. You you are heroes to them at this time, at this difficult time. Uh, so thank you. And speaking of heroes, uh, we're, we're carrying on our new uh, Sunday series, Heroes, looking at the faith passage of Hebrews 11 uh, that we find uh, in the Bible, in the, uh, the letter to the Hebrews. And uh, hero stories inspire us, don't they? They give us hope. We're hearing loads of hero stories at the moment in the times that we are living in. Uh, And in this chapter of Hebrews, uh, we read about heroes, heroes that are held up for their faith. And we're looking at what can we learn from these people, these men and women. You know, as we go into a different world, as we come into a a kind of a, a new normal, as people are talking about, as we kind of just learn to navigate new challenges Uh, but also new opportunities as well. Um, We're looking at what we can learn uh, here from Hebrews 11, because you might be thinking we would look at maybe, actually what we need to focus on is new management solutions or uh, new or bigger tech solutions to help us. That's what it is that we need to focus on. But instead, we've chosen to focus on men and women who are highlighted for their faith. And I'm reminded of something Terry Virgo said, about 15 years ago now in, in a book that he wrote um, about some of the, the the heroes of faith that we we read about in this chapter and he, and he wrote this I know for myself as one involved in a movement that has seen churches planted worldwide in the last 25 years that I have been more encouraged and instructed by studying these bible characters than I have by simply taking on board any recently discovered church growth te- techniques it's my conviction that our greatest need is to know God better, to trust him more implicitly, to obey him more conscientiously, to take action expecting him to be true to his promises and thereby bring him great glory. And so today we're going to be looking at two of those heroes. we be looking at Abel and we're going to be looking at Enoch. So I'm going to read this passage and it's from Hebrews 11 verses 4 to 6. because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Brilliant. So these two people we're looking at this morning, Abel and Enoch, and uh, we, they appear in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, and it's shortly after we, we, uh, the writer of Genesis um, explains what has gone wrong in the world, and he gives this account of Adam and Eve. And uh, this is men and women's first rejection of God. First, f- first uh, time of saying, do you know what, I'm choosing not to trust in you, God. I'm choosing not to believe that your words are true for me, God. And the following few chapters really describe the consequences, the outfall of that. And yet these guys that we're looking at this morning are, are held up as righteous, as pleasing to God. So let's look at Abel and his brother Cain first and these are Adam and Eve's first children and Abel uh, looks after sheep he's a shepherd and Cain looks after the crops he is responsible for the ground and and for working the soil and uh, they bring their offerings before God and uh, Abel brings a lamb and Cain brings some of the harvest from working the ground and Abel's offering is accepted, but Cain's is not. Why? Is, why, is it just because God doesn't like vegetables? Kids, this is not a story about how you don't have to eat vegetables. Why is it? What is it? Um, Hebrews helps us understand, says that Abel's, Abel brought his gift by faith, his offering by faith. See, it's less about what was offered and more about the attitude of the offerer. This is Proverbs 15.8. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. See, we can turn the Christian faith into, well, I do these things in order to please God, in order to uh, earn my acceptance and my righteousness before God. I pray for 30 minutes a day. I go to church on a Sunday or maybe at this time I watch church online, I watch two churches online. Uh, I give to the church, I, I, I give to charities. These can be good things, actually these can be amazing things. But they're not the basis of being right with God. Actually, they are only any good if they flow from inner faith, of an inner relationship. Of an inner life. Let me use an illustration for you. Imagine it's my wedding anniversary and uh, I say to Jody, do you know what Jodie, it's our anniversary and so I, do you know what, I've pulled out all the stops, I've got you this huge bunch of flowers and uh, we're gonna go out tonight for food, we're gonna go to your favourite restaurant and then after that we're gonna go to the cinema, we're gonna watch a film that I know you will love and uh, we're gonna do all these things but you know what? It's less about my love for you. And it's really about keeping you happy, actually. Uh, it's, it's really about making my life easier, actually. Um, it's really about what I can get out of it. And uh, really, I'm hoping for some pictures that I can put on social media. Because that'll make me look good. Would she be impressed? No. No, she would not. Bad marriage advice. Now, that's a silly example, I know, but... Do you know what? That's how sometimes we can, we can treat maybe marriage or relationships or maybe friendships. Maybe not say that. That's how we can treat them. And uh, that's what we're doing when we think that we can try and get right with God through external acts of obedience. Let's look at Enoch too. Uh, see, Enoch seems to be this guy who doesn't experience death. It says, Enoch walked faithfully with God and then he was no more because God took him away. That brings us loads of questions, doesn't it? It's like, what, what happened? What went on there? I'd love to see what that was about. But actually, the thing that should capture most of our attention, be, uh, the, the, the thing that should capture our attention is the fact that Enoch walked with God in a time where it was, it was said that, you know, the, the people around him, very few of them were commended for walking with God. Enoch walked faithfully with God. And when we hear that those words in the Bible, it means that it was about relationship, not simply rule keeping. So what do we learn? We learn that faith is about uh, inner righteousness. Faith is about a relationship with God. And then out of that flows obedience. Out of that flows action. Let's go back to Cain and Abel. See, what we really see in this Cain and Abel account is Two approaches to righteousness. We see a living faith relationship with God or trying to do things our own way. See, let me talk about the second for a minute. What we see being shown here is the consequences of the fall. We're seeing the consequences of rejection of God. Uh, And the consequences are not simply on relationship with God, they're on relationship with those around us. We see the fallout of it, we see jealousy. We see anger. We see ultimately Cain murdering his brother. Here we get the first unjust killing. And what's it rooted in? It's rooted in sin. It's rooted in a rejection of God. See, in all we're seeing at the moment in our societies and what we've seen in the dreadful killing of George Floyd in the US and what we're seeing in terms of our growing awareness of Racism, even in our own cultures and our own societies. What we're seeing in perhaps not really being the developed civilized society that we thought we perhaps were. The story of Cain and Abel is telling us where all this is coming from. It's coming from a rejection of God, it's coming from sin. See, hatred is sin, unjust killing is sin. And yes, racism is sin. See, racism we can think of just as ignorant. It's just ignorant people. But there's some truth in that, of course. But ultimately, it's rooted in a rejection of God. It's rooted in sin. See, it's rooted in 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 an attitude where we don't think, oh, You know, God said all people are equal. We read that in scripture. God has created all people equal. Yeah, it's a rejection of that. It's a rejection of God's creation. And so even at this time, I'm asking myself, God, what sinful attitudes are in me? What prejudices are in my heart that I need to root out? Jesus, you're interested in my inner life. And that means even the the deepest and uh, uh, darkest of places where perhaps there is prejudice, perhaps there is elements of racism that, Lord, you want to root out. Don't let me miss this moment at this time for you to make me more like your son. So Abel is killed. And we're, tro- we're told through faith he still speaks. See, Cain tries to hide his actions from God. He tries to hide the fact that he's killed his brother from God. Uh, and God says, look, The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. See, when someone is unjustly killed, that's the type of language you use, isn't it? Innocent blood has been spilt. There must be justice. Their their, their, their murder cries from the ground justice. We understand that wrongdoing should be dealt with. But what about our wrongdoing? What about our rejection? of God. Oh, don't worry. God will overlook that, I'm sure. As long as, uh, as, long as I do some good things to, to balance out my, my, my sin, I'll be fine. As long as I do some sacrifices, as it were, then it'll be fine. God will be fine with me. But we have seen that that just won't do. Thank God then that Hebrews is what will do, or, or to put it better, who will do. So Hebrews 12 24 says this, it says that Jesus is the way to a new relationship between God and humans and his blood, his death for you and I speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See Abel's blood cries, my life has been taken from me, I'm, I've been unjustly killed, there must be justice. Jesus's blood cries, I will give my life. I will be unjustly killed so that men and women can go free. I'll pay the price on their behalf. And equally, just as Enoch walked with God and didn't see death, Jesus walked perfectly with his heavenly father and was victorious over death. He conquered the grave. He was the true victor of death. Jesus is the greater Enoch. Jesus is the greater Abel. See, that's what this Hebrews passage is really about. It's about faith in him. It's that faith in him is a better way, better than anything else. Children, if you're watching this this morning, Jesus is a better way. What pleases God is a relationship with Jesus. Coming to know him, coming to know his forgiveness through his death and resurrection and walking with him that's what pleases God. Listen, and faith is not simply faith is the way to get in and then after that we're on our own. Faith isn't like we get into the ground floor and that's it. No, no, all of life is faith. All of the Christian life is faith. That's what Hebrews is getting at. The author of Hebrews is saying, don't go back. Don't, don't try and find faith in other things. No, no, stick, keep going with Jesus. Keep faith in Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is better keep going by faith Jubilee is we need to keep ensuring that we're delighting in the grace of God delighting in all that Jesus has done for us won for us Uh, listen this is a um, a quote from uh, George Muller Uh, George Muller lived in the 1800s and uh, he started orphanages um, uh, in the southwest of England uh, and he could have been one who you know found his righteousness in, in the things he had done in his achievements he could have found delight in his achievements for god but he said this according to my judgment the most important point to be attended is this above all things to see to it that your souls are happy in the lord other things may press upon you the lord's work may even have urgent claims upon your attention but i deliberately repeat it's of supreme and paramount importance that you should seek above all things to have your souls truly happy in God. Listen, we need to keep delighting in God. We need to keep our eyes fixed on the promises of God. Our good friend Michael Akotia from Ghana, when he was last with us, speaks on a Sunday morning on faith and he said this, whatever God's word says, hold on to it. Your eyes will be seeing something different. Your mind will be thinking something different. Your ears will be hearing something different. But hold on to God's word and what he has said. That is true. Listen, we need to keep doing that, Jubilee. As we go out, come out uh, into a new world, as we come into, out of lockdown, as we find a new and different way of living, as we press on into the promises of God, we need to know who we are in Christ. No, we find our righteousness in him, knowing that it's that that sustains us, that grows us, that propels us out into the world. Anything else is shaky ground. And do you know what? We can take action. We can take faith steps because we know who we are. When our righteousness is in him, it's not in what we can achieve for him. It's not in what actions we can take It's in him, it's in the righteousness he has won for us and therefore it's secure. If things don't go the way we expected, do you know what, that's okay because I haven't bet my salvation on it. I know I'm secure in Christ, I know he loves me. Some questions as we finish. Are you daily delighting in Jesus, all he has done for you? Are you finding your righteousness in him? Are you holding on to God's promises despite perhaps what your eyes might be seeing and what your mind might be thinking and what your ears might be hearing? His word is true. Let me pray as we finish. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that your blood speaks a better word. And and in you we find a a new and living way to approach God, to, to know our righteousness before him. And we know you've won it for us the righteousness of christ given to us and i pray as we go forward as we go from this place as we go into a, into all that you've called us to into your great promises we would keep our eyes fixed firm on you and we would know that you're with us and that you're for us we we, we hold on to the great promises of god thank you thank you you go with us forward from this place amen hey Thanks for joining us, thanks for being with us, thanks for listening, and God bless you in your day.